Welcome to the When Wit Happens podcast. This is a podcast that helps you find ways to celebrate and live your best life even when stuff happens. Now, here's your host, Wit West. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So today, what I'm going to be talking about is more on the finances and the debt payoff. So if you've been following me on social media, you know that I really started to be extremely serious about paying off my credit card debt around last um, October, September. And when I first began looking into methods and trying to figure out some ways that work for me, one of the first things I did was go on YouTube and Instagram to see if I could find some people who were in the same position as me. And that would be single black women. A lot of people in the space of the debt-free movement, whether they're um, black, white, or whatever, are usually partnered. So they're married in long-term relationships. And that is a significant portion of your ability to be able to do that. Not saying that it's impossible as a single person, but having two incomes definitely makes a difference when you're not only having to bring in all the money and then just do everything else in your life and then also account for everything on your own it is kind of a place of burnout sometimes and that can make it even more difficult and this is actually something that Dave Ramsey talks about so when I was going through this I was able to kind of find a couple people who matched but not that many honestly um so that is part of the reason i started to publicly document some of what i was doing with my financial journey because there weren't a lot of people that looked like me doing it one of the people i was able to find was stacy flowers and it just so happened that she's a single black woman who is going on this debt-free journey for the second time and it doesn't hurt that she's a member of my illustrious sorority Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated so what I wanted to do today was to bring Stacy on the podcast so that we can talk about how she got started in her debt payoff journey and some of the difficulties that she's gone through and especially as a single person and as a black woman and a single mother how she's gotten through these triumphs to get to where she is in her journey now so stay tuned for the interview okay stacy thank you for joining me today on the podcast so if you don't know who stacy flowers is i'm gonna let her have a moment to introduce herself to you all so go ahead stacy <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super honored to be here and be recording this. Um, to introduce myself, I think the best way is to say what I say on all of my videos, and that is my name is Stacy Flowers, and I'm a student of Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. I'm on a journey to become 100% debt-free. I have nearly $200,000 worth of student loan debt, and I'm on baby step number two to repay all of that. I do work for myself part-time exclusively, um, and I earn around $5,000 a month net. So 
Um, that's sort of the background of what sort of brought me in on the podcast. What I actually do for a living is I make a living through talking, and that's by way of influencing, coaching, and speaking. I adore the work that I get to do, and I'm super excited to be talking to you today. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. So as I mentioned um, before we got onto the interview to the audience that when I decided to get really serious about my debt journey um, sometime last year, I was looking for people who were like me. A lot of people in the debt space are coupled. They're married. They have somebody else to take on part of the burden, bring in more income. And there aren't many single people there and yet alone single black women. So when I found you, I was so excited um, to see another black woman like documenting her journey because that's why I started posting my stuff because I'm like, there aren't that many of us. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, found out you were a sore and everything else. And I was like, okay, let me get in contact <laughs> with her and like watch your whole journey. And through mm -hmm. that, I learned that you had tried Dave Ramsey before as well as I did. So can mm -hmm. you tell us about like your first try with the system and how that worked out? Yes. So my first try with the system, I think I was very like super excited and super eager. I was starting the program from a pretty okay financial place. I was working, I had a company that I was building and I was working part-time as a waitress. And so I had a decent amount of income coming in. And I think I was just really excited about the idea of being debt-free one day. So like I jumped into the Dave Ramsey program, took my nine-week classes, was hitting the ground running, but I, be I very much um, was mostly captivated by the gazelle intense part. And so when I say I was gazelle intense, I was gazelle intense by the thick of me being in the journey. I had three jobs, my company, a full-time job, and I was part-time waitressing, and I was a whole entire mom. And I mean, <laughs> I had so much like stuff going on because I really wanted to be gazelle intense. And so I was just throwing everything up against the, like throwing all my money towards the debt, but I wasn't as focused on some of the other components of the program. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was going on, that my company was taking off. And as my company started to take off, and this is something I realize now and the, the second time, but you know, business finances are almost set opposite to personal finances. And so as my business yes. finances started to take off, I got a little bit beside myself, started <laughs> spending money in a way that I shouldn't have been spending it. And then business really took off. And I was just like, oh, I'll keep doing this, but I, I don't need to be as on top of it. I'll just Dave Ramsey-ish the program mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of do it. And that sort of to happen, that sort of happened. And then one day I woke up and I was incredibly sick and I couldn't work for a year and every single thing came tumbling down. So all the progress that I had made the first year, the first time I tried it, all of that, I literally had to restart over actually from a place that was much worse. Cause while I was on the program, like I financed a car, mm -hmm. like I was doing all kinds of things wrong. And I think it was, it had a lot to do with one. I was just really green and really eager and really excited. And I got lost in rather than really trying to understand the philosophy of the Financial Peace University, I got lost in what everybody else was saying the program mm -hmm. was about and really got lost in the concept of gazelle intensity versus rooted in the philosophy of the program. So that's kind of yeah. what happened the first time. Yeah, I definitely understand that. That's kind of similar to what happened with me when I first started looking at the program. I knew, looked at my income and like what I had to you know, pay for every month and the numbers were really close. So I was like, let me really focus so that I can pay down debt and, you know, free up some money. And I was able to do that. And, you know, just on that side of like comfort 
is yep. where you can like really yes. lose it when you yes. first like get that win and you're like now mm-hmm. I can breathe and yep. you start deep breathing <laughs> instead of like inhale and let's go yep yep. So that's similar to what happened to me I had just like paid off a few cards I felt good you know I could stop charging daily expenses and things like that and then I got sick and so that kind of changed my ability to like really pay I was off work for a good amount of time and then like going back and like my focus just wasn't on the debt because I had so much more to focus on at that time Mm -hmm. that you know paying for medical bills getting to the doctor all that kind of stuff just completely threw me off and it was like a couple years before I was able to be like okay now I'm back in a better place now right really start again so I definitely feel you on that and it can definitely throw you off so in that I know you talk about the other side of it and learning the emotions of money Mm -hmm. so what made you realize that that was a part of it that emotions played into the money well, I, I mean, first of all, let me just acknowledge how beautifully you said that. Like there was a level of comfort that you get to when the program starts working. And that is the thing that sets you like you just give us. I love how you said that because I never thought about it. It's just like you do get comfortable because mm-hmm. it's working and then you lose sight of what you're supposed to be doing. So, um, yeah, that's just a powerful revelation that I just wanted to bring to call <laughs> out. But um, I think I realized it was emotional because I made a crap ton of money. Right. Like I was like. I have made way too much money to be here. So Mm -hmm. before I made all that money, I thought it was because I didn't make enough money. I was like, oh, well, I don't earn enough money. That's why I'm in so much debt. And it wasn't until I made a crap ton of money and I still was in the same amount of debt that I was like, something else has to be impacting whether or not I'm getting out of debt. It cannot just be about earning more and Mm -hmm. then putting more on the debt. There is some other barrier that's happening that no one seems to be acknowledging because everybody's just like, oh yeah, I made extra money and now my debt's going down. Like that is not how any of this is working out for me. And so I was like, there's something else going on and I don't know what it is, but I do know that I learned really well through talking out loud. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I need some accountability. And I learned well through just hearing myself say stuff. So I was like, I'm going to document this on YouTube and see if through me expressing myself, I can figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then when I would like do a video and express myself, the emotional relief that I would have was amazing. But also some of my videos would be very emotional. And I'm like, why am I being this emotional? I'm talking about money. And then I was just like, what if it's what if that's what it is and in the beginning when i restarted the second time because i didn't have any money there was that was it was almost like all i could talk about was how i felt anyway mm-hmm. and so it was at the forefront but also it was just like as i watched myself expressing about it i'm just like sometimes i would be really dramatic sometimes i would be calm like it was like an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. and i was just like this is something to pay attention to because I noticed that when my emotions were crazy, I was doing crazy stuff. Like I think in one of my first videos, I was just like, listen, I was emotionally eating. And so I did not follow the budget. And I was just like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I wonder if when I'm emotionally eating and I break the budget, that if I fix the emotional problem, then I wouldn't have to worry about fixing the money problem. And Mm -hmm. once I made that connection, I was just like, Oh, this is a 50, hundred million percent emotional. Like it is not, like Dave Ramsey always talks about how it's 80% behavior and 20% head knowledge. And I a hundred percent agree with that. But inside of that 80% behavior, your emotions are dictating every single behavior that you take. So if that you get so your true. emotions in check, then everything else falls into place. So it was just, it was a couple of different steps, but witnessing my own journey, I was just like, you are 
really emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I loved hearing you say that because that has been something that I've thought about the whole time. And so like, even like the last couple of months, I had a lot of emotional stuff going on and I found myself eating out, but I was very much aware of it. So Mm -hmm. while it still happened some, I had a grasp of not letting it go so far. And so, you know, I was spending money eating out. So I said, I'm gonna, you know, face it head on, tally up, you know, the money that I spent eating out that month, share it in my Facebook group and let's Mm -hmm. talk about it and see what, what happened. So it's been really good to know like, okay, I know this is emotional. I know why it's happening and I just not going to let it go as far. Exactly. There's a level of awareness. Like you can't like some people take action, 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 but you don't have enough awareness to get the insight so you can figure out what the right action is. And like being aware enough to know that you're emotionally eating and that's why you're going over your budget is totally different than being like, Oh yeah, I ate out. It's Mm -hmm. like, but it was emotional because this week this happened and you mm-hmm. got to get a handle on this dysfunctional relationship because it impacts your budget this way. Like blew my whole entire mind. Yes, it really stuff. does. And going back to what you said about thinking that you have to have more money coming in. This was a big thing for me at first. I was like, okay, well I need to wait till I get a husband because then I'll have another income. Yep. Or yep. I need to yep. wait till I get a better job because then I'll have more money. And then it was just almost like God spoke to me and was like, you need to be a good steward over what you have now yep. in order to reign over everything else. So yep. it was just like, I know I may not have enough to make big impact, but I can't do make bigger impacts later if I can't make small impacts now. Exactly. Exactly. So it really got me to like really focusing on and then it just started rolling out of anywhere. I was just like, I don't even know how I'm putting this much money towards my debt and it's like it's because I chose to just be the good steward over the small amount I had and it's just watching your videos like over just the last year seeing where your income was then and where it is now so can you talk about and tell my audience where your income was and is gone exactly it's like when I restarted this journey like the year preceding me restarting the journey I did not work for a year and like when I say that people are always like oh yeah but like did you like live off your savings no I didn't have a savings like in Dave Ramsey you got a thousand dollars on the side so no I didn't have a savings I didn't have a 401k Mm -hmm. there was nothing there and there was no money coming in and thankfully there was provision just other people showing up and blessing me. And that was a whole other thing, but it's just like to not earn any money for a full year because Mm -hmm. you are mentally and emotionally unable to do anything is a very, very difficult thing. So when I was coming out of that season and I first got up to start earning money, I didn't have the mental and emotional capacity to go put my degrees to work, right? I have a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. I could have gone to look for a 75k job or something like that but like literally mentally and emotionally I wasn't healthy enough to handle the stress of that so when I was getting back up I was just like okay I'm getting back up and I know I can't do what I did before in my company I also know I can't put these degrees to work like what can I do and I just was like I need to I need to like baby step my way even back up financially and so when I was first um getting started. The first thing that I did is I participated in a study so that I could get a lump sum of money. But then after the study, I was like, okay, I need to find a part-time job because that's all I could think of handling emotionally, just Mm time-wise. And I think the first time I got paid, it was like $550. But then for about almost a little, like a year, almost a year, maybe, maybe 10, 11 months, I made anywhere from like 800 to 
a thousand dollars a month at my part-time mm-hmm. job. And that's, that's the salary that I tell people that I started this journey on. I started right. this debt-free journey making $800 a month. And you can literally see me in my first video <laughs> where I'm like, all right, guys, here's my budget. I have $800. Where am I going to put? And I budgeted that $800. Like it was $8,000. Like mm-hmm. I did the work of learning the skill of doing that. And it's just like that I'm so in, in hindsight, like I'm so grateful that I started out with a little because I was so much less emotional about the little amount. I was stressed, like trying to stretch it to do things, but I was much less emotional because when you don't have a lot, there's less to manage and you can Mm -hmm. learn the basics. And when you can master the basics, you can apply that to anything. So it's just like to in a year's time, go from making $800 a month net to Mm -hmm. now making $5,000 a month net is mind blowing. But I think that hands down has to do with, like you said, being faithful over the little that you're given in the beginning, learning how to be a really good steward over that. And then you wake up and then the money is starting to roll in and then suddenly you're able to do more things. But yeah, that's $800 a month is how much I was making when I started. And it was the best decision ever to start at that amount. That's why I tell people, it doesn't matter how much money you work. I mean, excuse me, how much money you earn. That's not the reason why you're not debt free. It's because of the skill set that you need to acquire. So yeah, that that is so that's like so amazing. Like every time I see like your numbers for the month, I'm like, yes, girl, keep keep rocking it. Because you've come so far and you did the like diligent work to Mm -hmm. really get there. And so like as you've been getting there, I know um you've talked about things like lifestyle creeps, but you've been intentional to say you've added things to your lifestyle so that you don't feel deprived. And so How um, has it been like really just conveying that to your audience while still feeling like you're being true to your debt free journey? Mm -hmm. I think that it's, you know, it's challenging. One of the reasons, the primary reason I wanted to document this journey was because I really truly was like how you felt. There was nobody in the space that looked like me that was talking about it. And I was just like, man, I just need somebody to tell me the truth and just be, you know, share the numbers. And so there's a part of me that's like, I am, I am overwhelmingly committed to showing up as transparent and authentic to what I'm really doing as possible. Like I'm unwilling to lie to the audience just because I know if they knew the truth, it would look weird. Like I'm unwilling to do that because there's a level of transparency that serves me in that I get the actual proper accountability. So that's one of the reasons why I'm documenting the journey. The other reason I'm documenting is because I want the accountability. So those with those two things in mind, when I'm starting to think about where my lifestyle is going, like I'm not just taking into consideration that you guys have, you guys have bought into that. I'm a student of Dave Ramsey's financial peace university. Like I'm taking into consideration the experience and the wisdom that I gained from failing the first time Mm. the experience and the heartache that I felt from losing my mental, physical, and emotional health. After that time, I'm taking in all of that. Plus the actual philosophy of the program. Like that's what I'm living out. And I think one of the hardest things to convey is that there's a difference between the philosophy of Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and then some of the advice that he offers to different people and one of the things that you notice is that like it is a bunch of couples that take this program but so many because his program is designed for couples so when I'm following the program there are going to be some things that I have to do or that I get to do to take care of myself so that I can continue on the program so I think one of the biggest complaints that I'm experiencing so far is people are like you don't need a personal trainer Mm -hmm. like what are you doing and I'm like you guys watched me for for a year you watch me for a year 
invest in mental health. You watched me for a year invest in whole foods so that I could be, so I could eat organic food and put organic food in my body. Me getting a trainer shouldn't be new to you because it's no. on par with me consistently saying, you know what is the most valuable resource in this whole journey? Me. It's you me. know what I'm going to invest in? Making sure I am the healthiest version of myself. I'm going to do it emotionally. I'm going to do it mentally. And now you guys are witnessing me do it physically. And so just reminding them that like, I'm a student of the program. I'm not a student of the advice that he gives to so-and-so who's in a circumstance that's completely different than mine. I'm not a student of the way that you interpreted his book. I'm a student of his program. And in his program, what he tells you to do is seven baby steps. And guess what I'm doing? Those baby steps in his program, what he tells you to do is earn more money. And you know what I've done? I went from $800 a month to $5,000 a month. And what I need to do to sustain that, I'm never going to apologize for it. And at this level, what what I've decided to do to sustain that is invest in my physical health because now that I'm earning more, there's much more physical stress that shows up just with the way that I'm maneuvering in my company. Yes. I've invested more in the food that I eat. You know, my, my food budget was $50 a month. Right. Now I'm up to $200 a month. Those changes very much from the outside looking in can be lifestyle creep. But when you take your income from $800 working for someone else to $5,000 working for yourself, mm-hmm. they're going to need to be adjustments in your lifestyle to make that sustainable. And that's sort of the way that I put it out to my audience. Yeah. And I think you've done a good job, although you obviously still get a lot of people, you know, saying that you don't, but I understand that I do Pilates, you know, every month and that is pricey, but it's so important because if you don't take care of yourself physically, there won't be a yourself to pay off this debt. At all. And I learned that less like with getting sick at that level, I will never, ever compromise my health again for some financial thing ever in life. It will never be the case where finances will be elevated over my health. Cause I get that when I'm not well, I can't do anything, mm-hmm. nothing at all. Exactly. Yeah. You, you make no movement and it's just interesting. Like how, as you were speaking and like, it was all coming into my mind, like, yeah, that has been your focus the whole time. Because as you mentioned, you had a $50 a month guys month grocery yes. budget <laughs> and yet and still she still had healthy foods went you know, right she, over to whole foods didn't I? every month <laughs> yes she did and that is a you know example of her being determined about her health um mm-hmm. you mentioned all the time that you love to eat but you know you yeah. cut out certain things out of your food um out of your diet like meat when you couldn't have them but you still focus on healthy yeah. meals so when you first decided to do like the dollar a day or fifty dollars a month like, mm-hmm. what were you thinking? Like, in your mind, like, yeah. did you think it was going to be possible? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, I figured I was just like, well, you know, I live in America. I feel like there are so many more things that are possible to us, but we just mm-hmm. are not creative about that experience. So I think because I know that there's just there's more abundance here than not. I was just like, it's definitely possible. There's not going to be very much variety, but it's possible. But also, I think I knew myself enough to know that the places where I spend the most money is on the things that I like, which is like wine and food and experiences. So I was like, these are the things that I'm going to have to scale back. And if I can figure out how to eat healthy on a dollar a day, that will transform my finances because I I won't because even if you're not me, the most place where people waste their money is on food. Um, It's just like, I was like, if I can master this, like I will be able to take this $800 a month that I make in a month's time working part-time and I'll be able to stretch it so much further. So Mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was a bit of like, 
I live in America. Certainly it's possible for me to do this. What with everything that we have available, I'm just going to have to be a little bit more creative. And then on the other side, I was just like, if I can do this and constrain my diet, I will have so much more disposable income. And then when it like finally came to me, like shopping and stuff, I just was like, well, um, let's think through what it would actually take for you to be able to eat enough food. And I, I think it became something that was interesting and intriguing. And mm-hmm. like, I think when other people see it, they're like, Oh, you're depriving yourself. But for me, I'm like, isn't it amazing that like I can do this on 50. Like I was very right. intrigued by the idea. And I, I, I think I, because I had that approach to it, it wasn't really something where I felt deprived. If, if I could still eat with that, um, budget now I would the only reason why I can't is because now that I move my body so much more I can't yeah. I need more calories than the amount that I was eating <laughs> and I need them to come in a little different of a variety because of the way that the exercise creates cravings but yeah it was much more like it, it was much more a creative and an intriguing endeavor like I really I like food I like cooking so I automatically knew I was going to have to start doing things from scratch but there's something so like feminine and lovely about like you know you know how like when you would like go to your grandma's house and the whole house just smells like she'd been yes. cooking all day and you just knew she loved you like that's sort of <laughs> that's sort of what things turned into because mm-hmm. I didn't have the money in my budget to buy conveniently so I just started making everything from scratch so it brought me back to a part of myself that I actually really enjoy anyway um so I don't I don't you know for me it wasn't a it was more of a creative pursuit than it was something where I was like I can't believe I only have this it was just like oh wow look at all this that I get for this amount yeah you you definitely influenced me like I did some weeks where I did like $50 for the week or even less and so I started like looking like what I already had in my freezer what I already had in my pantry and think I'm gonna supplement this and you know, let me try to spend $12 this week only and see how I can build up from there. Yeah. And it's just like, you're amazed at what you already have, what you can do with the little bit that you buy and like actually start cooking. What I haven't gotten fully into is the prep because I come home from like grocery shopping. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to put this in the refrigerator, but I still watch your videos. Like I'm going to get there because if I prep this, because prep is like the hardest part other than dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get there one day but it is definitely inspiring because you ate um kind of a variety of things like you did it different you did a salad mm-hmm. this way you did the sweet potatoes and the black beans yep. and like it was feeling it didn't ever look like wow she just can't eat <laughs> yeah no and it's it I think that sometimes and it's funny this is something that like I remember me and my son like having a conversation where he was just like we, we were talking about like eggs and I was just like yeah you know they come from the chicken and he's just like mom eggs come from the grocery store and I'm like yeah. yep but before the grocery store son they come from a chicken I was like we need to take a visit to a farm because you're losing some some context but when I, so I think about that and I translate that to sort of like the current, you know, modern adult millennial, whatever. And it's just like, we lose so much of like all the food that like, if somebody was just like, all you could eat on your death free journey is Chipotle, you would not be like, I'm so deprived. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, okay, bring it on. Right. But that's essentially what I was eating every day was exactly. Chipotle, right? I was eating rice and beans and some vegetables. And so I think it's just that sometimes because we get so used to the convenience of picking up eggs or Chipotle, you know, at the grocery store, we forget it comes from a chicken. And so mm-hmm. when somebody goes back to starting with the chicken, we're like, wow, this is fascinating. How did you get that egg? And I'm like, the same way you got the egg, I just started with the sort of closer to the raw material kind of a thing. Right. And so for me, like when people were like, yeah, you're bootables. I was like, 
it's Chipotle guy. Chipotle. Like I, it, in my mind, I'm like, this is Chipotle. Um, yeah. yeah. Like this is how I know that this is okay. Cause there's a whole company that makes millions of dollars selling you beans and rice and meat. Exactly. You know, so yeah. It, it, yeah. So I think a lot of it is just like perspective. And I love hearing that from people who tell me they did like the Stacy flowers challenge. <laughs> They're just like, there's so much food in my refrigerator. I'm like, yeah, like, are the raw ingredients come together mm -hmm. to make food and we are so far removed from that because we have so much convenience that we think it costs a lot of, a lot to eat we think it costs a lot to enjoy a meal and it's just like it maybe costs you some time but it doesn't really cost a lot the, the raw ingredients are available so yeah and I've, I've been talking a lot lately about kind of just like settling for where you are and a lot of people settling i feel like it's so commonplace and it's such a bad word when people hear like oh i'm not settling like i'm doing stuff but you become so complacent in doing things every day like buying your food from the store and buying this canned option or doing that that when somebody does something that's not settling like you're doing it looks radical, but yeah. it's really just not settling for the status quo exactly. of what's given to you. You know, the most radical, like somebody, I remember like the first, maybe the first or the second time I put up a grocery haul and somebody was like, I immediately stopped watching when you went to Whole Foods because I don't have time for liars. And I was like, what? why can I not go to Whole Foods? And like this person argued with me. They were like, there's no way you spent $50 a month going to Whole Foods. And I was just like, Yes, you can yeah. like the idea that Whole Foods is whole paycheck. Somebody mm -hmm. sold you that lie and you're settling for eating non-organic yep. food because you don't want to go in there. Like that exactly. doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and nah. so like, you know, I'm like going back and forth with this person and she, and it was, and so to your point of it being radical, it's like to, uh, to just go like there, like, like even I remember one time somebody had seen me like at an event and she was just like, I, the first time I ever went into Whole Foods is because I kept seeing you go in there and get popcorn and I went in there and got some popcorn. And you know what? I actually can afford it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's so many things you think you can't do because somebody told you that the only way to do it is if you're here. And it's just right. like, that's you settling for grocery shopping at places that mm -hmm. somebody told you you had to grocery shop at. You know where I'm going to grocery shop at? Where I can get the highest quality ingredients like I intentionally chose to get my bulk and my bases from Whole Foods because I was like if this is going to be the primary thing that I'm eating I want them to be the healthiest version exactly. of everything and just and I remember like in one of my Q&A somebody was just like you are not budget friendly you are not budget savvy shopping at Whole Foods and I was just like you have on Whole Food goggles because yeah. I spent dollars a month on food and you're telling me that I don't know how to budget or people would be like you should use coupons I spend fifty dollars a month. I don't like, but that speaks to the idea that like you guys, it's so radical this idea mm -hmm. that you could do this because you're so settled in the idea that the only way to be able to survive is mm -hmm. if you coupon. The only way to be able to you know go to the best stores in America is to you know it's like none of that is oh, true. You settled for that because somebody sold you some propaganda or some idea because I go to this store every single month. Exactly. And you, you know. see and you know. Like it's yeah. so much stuff in our lives that we that offer or that thing is put in front of us and you just think, okay, well this is what it is. But really if you just step beyond that and fight a little harder, then you yeah. find that there's more for you, you know, if you go around it. Yeah, you know, it's it's a hundred percent for you. Like these mm -hmm. black beans, these red beans, this quinoa, this popcorn, like 
it's available to you. You don't yeah. have, like, and I'm not saying you have to want to go there, but like the fact that so many, it was such a radical thing for me to be shopping at Whole Foods while yeah. I was on the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. People were like, you need to be shopping at Aldi's. I was like, is that what's required? Because I did not right. read that in any of the materials. Not that there's anything wrong with Aldi's, but like, why is Aldi and Walmart the standard for being mm-hmm. on the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University program? It's yeah. not. You have settled for these stores. And again, if it's your thing, let it be your thing. But don't tell me I have to shop there because that's what you've decided is what you can afford based on the budget that you set for yourself. Because I'm not doing any of that. And then and then even explaining to people because people were like, why don't you get canned goods? And I'm like, I, I don't like processed food. Those are not processed. I'm like, how do you think this food stays in this stand for a year and a half? exactly because it's, it's processed. processed like there's a process to preserve it so it lasts for a thousand years i yeah. don't like you know so it's but it was funny because like even just like if you notice like i i very rarely buy prepackaged foods i very rarely buy you know um canned foods or processed foods and so many even that people are like i don't know what you're doing with this radical behavior and i'm like it's it's like in the fact people are like the words like i've heard is like radical delusional distorted Mm. view of society like and i'm like i'm just buying beans out of the thing and they're like you could have bought those beans already packaged for a half of the dollar and i'm like yeah but why would i do like why would i do that if i don't like that like right you're literally fighting for what you know you deserve and you're getting it and it's, it's, this just looks so extreme to people. Like, it's it looks, just so it looks crazy. so extreme. And I'm just like, no, guys, I just, I know, like, and it's, it's very interesting. It makes me think about how, like, people shouldn't just go off what things look like. Mm-hmm. Like, try. Let your experience be your teacher. Don't let somebody else's description of their experience tell you what you can and cannot do. Because if it was up to other people, right now, I would be working for somebody else. Because even yeah. that, people were like, you need to get a full-time job. And I know you want to restore your company, but you need to do this. And I'm like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work part time and I'm going to build mm-hmm. my company quarter time. And then I'm going, and then even when I stopped working part time, they were like, you should be doing your company full time. This is what I'm going to do. Exactly. And I'm going to do it because I'm a student of Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and I'm trying to be 100% debt free. And, and people just, it, because we've settled into this idea that the only way to make a lot of money is to work 100 million hours and to hustle and to grind. I'm like, I'm going to work 25 hours to week, mm-hmm. uh, a week. And yes, I'm also going to bring in $5,000 a month working those hours. And people are like, no, no, you did it. And I'm like, yes, I did. And I did it because losing my mental and emotional health, mm. the way that I lost it, I, if I ever have to return there for whatever reason, I will be in a financial position to care for myself and for my yeah. son. Like that is the scariest place to ever be in. And I won't ever make a choice that could bring me back to that place. If mm-hmm. God forbid something happens and I get back there, fine. Right. But I'm not going to make the choice by eating foods that my body doesn't like or working hours that are unfit for my body or, you know, stressing about work that's not good for my mental. I'm, I'm never going to do that. And right. if that's radical, call me radical. Let it be. <laughs> Let you it know, be. If that's extreme, let me be extreme. Shopping at Whole Foods and eating mm-hmm. organic. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I always appreciate that about you, that you do those things even though they look radical to people especially one of the things that 
you know, I even had to address with myself. I was like, I may not do it this way, but I like that it's important to you was paying your student loans. Like I pay my student loans. I have a consolidated plan. It's income based. But mm-hmm. you're like, I'm paying these minimums that they gave me because now I have the money and yep. I'm going to pay it like this. Although, you know, another plan may reduce your amount now and you can pay off other things um, quicker, but you have a plan and yep. you're sticking to that plan to pay off these loans. And mm-hmm. we both have up to our master's degrees and tons of debt behind it. So I'm right there with you. And I'm, I have a lot more credit card debt than you do um, currently. So that's my focus now, but I'm going to get there with my loans where I'm throwing all the extra money on it. But mm-hmm. I love that you're like intent about paying the minimums, the true minimum yeah. on that now. Yeah. I think it's, it's very important because I don't want to... I don't want to trick myself into believing that I'm doing something. It's like, you know, I, the, the way interest is showing up on my loans, I think my interest is like 80 plus dollars a day. Right. So you can put me on an income based program where I pay $80 a month, Mm -hmm. but that's not even covering the interest of one day. So I rather psychologically say to myself, this is your minimum and this is what you're paying and move forward and live my life in the the truth of that because doing anything otherwise at this point i may mess around and slip into that comfort zone we were talking about last time and then you know because i only hit my minimum on my student loans is eighty dollars then i got all this extra money money. yeah and that's what it's gonna feel like instead of like no you're not at the point yet where you have all this extra money like and even when I say it, and this is something that I worked on this month, is that like, and I probably said it a bunch in this podcast, but it's just <laughs> like, I make $5,000 a month working part-time. Like I keep saying that because mm-hmm. I need, I am working to emotionally connect with that because it doesn't feel like it because of where I'm choosing to put the money right now, if that makes sense. Like yes. this is an amazing salary, especially for the number of hours I work. But even if I work full time, it's still an amazing salary and mm-hmm. I haven't quite emotionally connected to it because Mm -hmm. of where I put it. And I'm just like, I need to emotionally connect with this so that as it grows, I can appreciate that. And I don't slip into that space of like comfort and disposable income and lifestyle creep. It's just Mm -hmm. like, no connect to, and that's why I redid my May budget. It's like connect to this income that you're at so that that way you are consciously saying here's student loans, here other debts, here, this here, like you're consciously putting everything everywhere and, you'll feel it as you're paying everything off because there's a, com- there's a part of that comfort. I don't know why comfort does that to us. Like yeah. there's something that happens when we get comfortable that sort of numbs you out from your experiences mm-hmm. and you almost forget what's right and what's wrong. And I was like, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> pull it together. Something's, something's, yes. <laughs> something it together. yes. I was so proud of you for redoing yeah. your May budget because I think I watched the last live and I said something about, you're getting into to the point where you were ordering your debts in your mind by how you felt about them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you're going to do it every time, then reorder it. And you're like, I don't want to though. I'm like, but you're doing it. Right. <laughs> and then I, you made it clear for yourself. Like I, you didn't want to do it. So you redid how you thought about your snowball so that you didn't do it. And I was like, I'm so proud of her. Yeah. But this is why I love the community, right? Because imagine if you weren't there saying that, right? I would have just been thinking that. And then I would have gone on to do whatever I wanted to do. But having Mm -hmm. that moment of pushback, even though I'm pushing back on you, it's like, there's still learning that happens. And it's like, I need you to say that because nobody else is going to say that. And I can reason myself to do whatever. And it's just like that moment of that 
that is what accountability looks like. It's like, listen, I know you don't want to hear me and you typing off fast with your responses, but you are doing this thing you keep saying it. And I'm like, I know, leave me alone. Like, you know, so it's like I'm having real time challenge. And it's just like, I think that that's the support when people are in couples. That's the support that they get when that you're in so singles that you don't get. Because think about that. Like, yeah. there's nobody there to say, but you're doing it. Stop yeah. it. If you're going to do it, do it then. Right. <laughs> you can't hear yourself say something silly. You can't hear yourself. You can't. So you can't correct the behavior. But it's just like, I'm, I'm so grateful for the community. And I tell people all this time, like, I have a global level of accountability. So not yeah. only do I have like the American perspective and then the varying various cultures that are within America being like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would do it that way. But I also have like an international community being like, listen, we don't have these problems. We just do this. That feedback is creating the exponential growth mm -hmm. and the, and the, and the, it's making the changes much faster because I'm like, okay, okay. I clearly I'm not seeing something. She keeps yes. saying this to me and she didn't like it's so it's 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 I, I'm so thankful to you for that because if mm -hmm. if you didn't say it because you were just like well I'm just here to learn or I'm just here to like you know she's doing this you know if mm -hmm. you didn't say that and you didn't engage like I wouldn't be able to grow and change and make the shifts like this month I was like you're not gonna spend no money <laughs> to figure this out because you are super emotional yeah. and we gotta calm down you know so I'm super grateful to you for that Yes, you're welcome. You know, I try I try to be like, okay, we, we're in this together. Because like I said, like, there's so few of us who look like us who are in the, you know, relationships that we're in, like, we have to have each other's back. So like, I want to see you succeed, like I want to see me succeed. So I appreciate that. So it, as we wrap up, mm -hmm. you want to give any advice to the listeners, uh, if they've thought about starting a financial journey about, you know, how to do it or you know, how to get started. Cause I think that's usually people's biggest question, like just how, or like how to think about getting started. Yeah. Great, great question. I would say my first piece of advice is if nobody ever sat you down and taught you, then you are still a student, no matter how old you are. Just understand that it is okay to be a student of personal finance. And if no one has sat you down and taught you, you are a student. I don't care how many years you've been paying mm. bills. I don't care how many kids you have. I don't care how many degrees you have. You are still a student. And if you can take the posture of student, then you will be open to a vast array of information that can actually support you so that you can win with money. You're not failing at money because you're not smart. You're not awesome. You're not capable. You're failing at money because no one has ever taught you how to do money. Mm -hmm. That would be just put that in, you know, put that in your mind and in your heart. Um, the second thing that I would say in terms of how to get started is that you, sh you really need to pick a personal finance philosophy. Like me and you share the Dave Ramsey financial peace university yeah. philosophy, but that's not the only philosophy out there. And you need to find a philosophy because again, if no one has ever taught you, you're doing a hodgepodge of like, let me just throw something up against the wall. It's like playing Monopoly without understanding the rules of the game. Mm. It's like, you're gonna fail. And not just because you gotta go to jail or because you don't get to collect $200 when you pass go, you're gonna <laughs> right. fail because you don't understand the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are failing because we just don't understand the rules. Mm, and yeah. personal finance philosophies gives you a set of rules to play by so that you as you're learning the skills of managing your money it can stick to something so yes. our philosophy teaches you 
you know, the skill of budgeting and it teaches you the skill of saving and it sticks to the, the foundation and the root of becoming debt free. That is a particular philosophy, but you don't have to do that philosophy. You can go with Susie Orman's philosophy, Rami Satit's philosophy. Um, I think it's David Bach's philosophy. There's mm -hmm. so many personal finance philosophies out there, but again, that posture of being a student is the only thing that opens you up to that. So that would be the first thing is pick a philosophy and stick to it. And then last but certainly not least um, is to do a budget every single month before the month begins. Um, and don't just track your spending because most people think that they're budgeting and they're not. Yes. You, are, you are not budgeting if you start with your expenses. Budgeting starts with your income and then it tracks your expenses and you need to do a budget every single month. Every single month is different. Um, next month is my birthday month. The following month after that is my son's birthday. You know, like there's so mm -hmm. many different things that happen in each month and doing a budget every month is what prepares you for that. Um, emotionally, mentally, and financially. So those would be my three pieces of advice. <laughs> yes, that's very good. And I didn't know you were a June baby too. So am I June 24th. Yes, so, June 8th. Yes. Yeah. Super so, exciting. <laughs> and I know it is. I'm excited. Yes. So I want to thank you for joining us today. This has been such a good conversation. I've had such a good time like talking yeah. to you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I want to tell everybody how they can find you online and get in contact with you. Yes, I am Stacy Flowers everywhere on the internet, and that is S T A C E Y, and then flowers spelled like a bouquet of roses. Probably the best place to start is my site. When you go to my site, you can connect to all of my resources. Um, you can connect to my YouTube, my podcast, um, my Instagram. Every morning on Instagram, Monday through Friday, I go live at seven a.m. for the Stacy Flowers Morning Show. So there's so many great places for you to come and get support on your personal growth and development path. So, yeah. yes, everybody make sure you follow her <laughs> and thank you for so much for joining me today. You are so welcome. Thank you too. <laughs> thank you for listening to when wit happens. You can find wit living her best life at withappen6.com and at withappen6 on social media. Subscribe and follow for updates. Until next time, keep living your best life.